Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Teachers and moms may not be known for swearing, but when we're off duty, we let out all the words we can't normally say. So if you're around small children or others who may not like our language, you might want to listen in another place. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. Today we're reading Chapter 3 of Briar's book. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's take some samples. Chapter 3 starts with them getting this box. This metal box with like yeah. bells on it. And then inside are masks and gloves as well as these little fabric squares which is each paired with a bag this is for taking samples of people who are sick or who have been exposed to the disease literally all of the bodily fluids and it's just disgusting the human body is nasty i feel like pierce did a really good job of dealing with this in a way that didn't make it feel super gross. Yes. I agree. It was very clinical, I yeah. guess, in its description. Yeah. They put all of these samples into a second smaller metal box. That box has a fancy lock spell on it so that once they close it, it can't be opened again mm-hmm. until somebody uses the counter lock spell. So basically they put a padlock on it. No one's accidentally exposed. They slip this box back through the door flap and important little factoid especially for Indy is that Rose Thorn has Briar label the labels he's only been practicing his reading and writing for about nine months it's the first time she has declared his writing good enough to do the labeling go to winding circle the water temple dedicates notified crane They tell him, oh, we only have five of these boxes. He throws a fit. 
sends the water temple dedicates to Frostpine so that Frostpine can make more. Frostpine throws a fit and collects Daja and says, hey, I need your help because we need to make a whole shit ton of these boxes. Sandry and Triss are reasonably upset. Now, not only are Briar and Rosethorn going to be away, but Daja's going to be away. Triss also apologizes to Lark for her rude comments about the poor, which occurred in the previous chapter. Sandry pulls out her little circle of thread and looks at it and is like, as long as this is together, we are together, even while we're apart. There's a whole lot of gay feelings there. (laughs) (laughs) It ends with Briar reflecting on his friend, who is obviously very sick, trying to convince himself not to worry, telling himself, we don't know that this disease is going to kill her. And even so, she's being taken care of by like one of the best medical people out there. So she's going to be okay. This leads us into what I think should now be section 0.75 of our three-step reading process, (laughs) which is where do we see similarities between this book and our actual lives? Or as I like to call it, is Tamara Pierce actually a prophetess? We haven't collected all of those samples, but we have got the snot sample. My nose still stings from mine. Whole- I feel violated. <laughs> my, my, nose has been vi- my nose has been violated. <laughs> the whole box and samples reminded me so much of getting tested because, like, they put the cloth square in the bag and then the bag in the box and then the box is locked. And I'm like, put the thing up your nose and then they stick it in the little plastic tube and then they stick that in a biohazard bag. Yeah, it's just a ye old timey mm, test tube. Yeah. 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 The thing that really stood out to me, Briar being bored in quarantine, <laughs> but also talking to the girls through their mind speak. Cause I was like, Oh my God, it's like us zooming. Yes. And and Sandry holding her circle and being like, as long as this is together, we'll be together. Because that's how I feel about this podcast. Aww. Aww. That part in which Frostpine's like, okay, gather your shit. You're going to be gone for a couple of days. And Sandry's there and she's like, three of us are going to be gone now. That feeling of isolation and game group. Every Monday we were there. Together. There together. They're officially all apart. The other thing that really reminded me of real life was the moment where Briar tells Rosethorn, you're being really gentle and nice to her. You're not ever nice to anybody. Like, she's a human. You do realize that, right? Rosethorn's like, well, it's easy because she's a kid and I'd rather take care of her than those annoying adults who think that they know everything about this disease already, even though it's brand new. (laughs) A hundred percent. That got me so fucking hard. Right. 
This is exactly what people are fucking doing now. Do you even science, motherfucker? You wear a mask, you're being controlled. Wash your hands, don't touch your face. Hygienesis 24-7. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talked about things we liked and didn't like about the book. (laughs) How did you guys feel about this chapter? Fucking suck, man. I mean, I was like, was not the chapter. Kind of rough. All of the snark. Rosethorn saying, your vocabulary is so much more colorful than mine. And then literally half a page later, when Briar asks her, if you're doing this magic stuff, why don't you bring me to show me? And she says, we work six, sometimes seven days a week. I think both of us need a break. And then Lark, when... Oh no, Frostpine. Frostpine was leaning against Sandry's open door. So you see, Rosethorn has plenty of experience. Even if she doesn't know what causes the disease, she's been known to hold them off with sheer force of will. Yes. LOL, even diseases are afraid of Rosethorn. (laughs) Right? They're like, oh shit, we're not gonna fuck with this one. She's too powerful. She She will end us before we get started. (laughs) <laughs> Goodwin, what did you have to say about the water temple etiquette? Because I have feeling. I do too. pissed, dude. They're talking about like how oh we only have five test kits ready to go, and earlier in the last chapter, Rosehorn is like oh they're gonna bring us a test kit a day every day. We gotta fill out. That's like enough for like what five people maybe. Frostpine was totally right when he's like, what are you thinking? That's not even enough for like one regular disease that we already know about just to test to see if it works. They learned nothing from the pirate attack. They're like, how are we supposed to know? We just recently had an earthquake and we had pirates attack us. Learn from your mistakes. (laughs) You're saying all that, but think about us this year. How much shit has happened in this year? Because this has all been about nine months. Like, nobody anticipated just how much fucking shit was going to happen this year. So I feel like it's totally fair for them to be like, uh, we have just been dealing with a fucking earthquake and a pirate attack and frantically trying to deal with all sorts of medical supplies, cleaning up after both of those things. We have not had time to deal with fucking test kits. Honestly, the Water Temple dedicates in these books get so much shit And I really wish that we could see things more from their point of view, because every time I read this, I think about my job and when people complain to me that I am not doing enough. I am an ESL teacher. I teach directly all of our low proficiency students who are in eighth through 12th grade. I have to do paperwork on all of these students who are considered ELs, English learners, no matter how proficient they are, which means that I have about 200 students that I have to keep track of. I have to have conferences with the parents of any of those 200 students if they are failing a class. Two years ago, 
I was also doing seventh grade and I was the person at our school who was in charge of dyslexia. And I got in trouble for not testing students for dyslexia fast enough. So every time I read this, I wonder how many other things the Water Temple Dedicates have going on and people are like, what's your problem? Why haven't you gotten enough stuff done when it is possible that they are completely overwhelmed with all of the shit they have to do? The first three months of this year was fucking crazy. But by April, everybody realized, oh shit, this pandemic is not going to go away. So, like, if you take those first four months, say, oh, well, so all of this nuts stuff happened in April, May, maybe that could be a response to how everyone has been prepared for a pandemic of this level. But we've also had everything going on since, like, April. We we lost our moment of being prepared and being on top of it. We haven't had a global pandemic in well over 100 years. Who would have been like, okay, well, it's been 100 years. We should be super prepared for a pandemic. Granted, like three years prior, there was the, or well, no, it was earlier that year that they had the massive pandemic that took uh, Sandry's family. But that was in a different country. But it's one of those like, oh, well, this happened there. We don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And it's kind of like how the American government system was like, oh, well, it's in China. We don't have to worry about this. And then everybody else started getting sick. And then you started. And then Italy, everybody in Italy. It's not a big country, but it's a big enough country that we should have listened when they said, stay the fuck inside. Don't look at other people. <laughs> don't yeah. do not do it because you will get sick. Stop. I definitely think that, for, first of all, Molly, I think you're, you're definitely way overworked. Definitely not <laughs> trying to poo-poo on you or anything. Kind of going back to what you're saying, Indy, about like the government response. There was a pandemic plan. There was money set aside. There was supplies that, set aside. And that was taken away. <coughs> yeah. That was That's, literally taken away. I was trying to be politically sensitive. <laughs> no, fuck them. Fuck them. No, absolutely yeah. not. Fuck them. No, that our, our pandemic yeah. response team was dismantled. I will admit, I do think that somebody really, really, really dropped the ball on the test kits because we do know that it has been a couple of years since they have had a pand- had an epidemic and five is not enough for a real disease or for, for a normal disease. So they should have at some point in those few years restocked to at least have enough for a normal disease. Because if they had been like, oh, we have X amount, which is what is normally anticipated that they'll need and maybe a little extra for a normal disease then I could understand like them not having it. But whenever the water temple dedicates get shat on in these books, I'm always just like, I wonder what other shit they have to do that you're ignoring. (laughs) That is a good question though, because we don't actually know what they, I don't know what they do. Yeah. I don't think it's been covered. You have to wonder how did they get down to five and not go, Oh shit. We have five left. 
That's it. I want to talk to their manager. Who is doing their inventory control? Because the managers, I, I, I understand. And, like, we see in book three when they're making the aloe salve, we see how long that takes just to make a handful of bottles. Frostpine's statement is still very true. Poor planning should not constitute for an emergency. It should have been, okay, well, we, we can put out 10 boxes a week, 15 boxes over two weeks. Like, that's a box a day. Over three years, one box a day for three years, that's a thousand boxes, yeah, give or take. Been, uh, practice on doing metal work anyway. That could have been a nice exactly. thing to do. This is and something like, else that should have gone in our Tamara Pierce is a fucking prophetess section. Short on PPE and test kits. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a mismanagement on a large scale rather than a small scale. What about you, Brittany? I have a list. (laughs) Oh, let's see how many you tick off of mine. My first one is when Briar is watching Rose Thorn with Flick and he's noticing that she is being gentle with Flick. And that's the first time he's ever seen that happen with a human and not a plant. So I thought that was really cute, especially since he compared her to being like a mother that loves her kids. And she literally has four kids at home and he's not ever seen this before. Well, as she stated in an earlier chapter, I try not to kill those who are already sick. (laughs) <laughs> so um i thought that was really cute even if it is not geared towards briar himself or any of the other kids in whining circle she has compassion for strangers occasionally occasionally doesn't just scream at them and tell them to shut their fucking mouth and do their fucking job flick is doing her fucking job which is well she is uh drink her juice <laughs> and let them collect her samples. <laughs> She's listening. She's paying attention. She is. And I think it's really interesting because Rose Thorne tells Nico that she hates nursing people, but she's really good at it. My next one is when Triss apologizes to Lark. Finally. I'm Triss, and I need to work on apologizing a lot more as well because. I don't ever apologize. I'm like, I was right. Even if I'm wrong and I know I'm wrong, I'm like, no, I can't let them know that (laughs) I'm wrong. (laughs) I got to go down with this fight and I don't ever say sorry. So I like that she said sorry and hopefully I can learn from that. Very difficult thing to do. It is. It really is. The circle wherein Sandry's like, even if we're not in the same house, we're still together. I like that part too, but we've already talked about that one. The girl's telling Briar to pick a birthday. I thought that was really cute too. Uh, he's, <laughs> I, I feel like he was hoping that they had forgotten about it. And so he's just like, I'm not going to mention it again. And then he tells him, oh, I'm bored. And they're like, well, pick, well, then a, pick a fucking yeah. birthday, kid. <laughs> I thought you forgot about it. Damn. Wishful thinking. Is Sandra Lean Fatorin really going to forget? that you haven't picked a birthday yet? No, she really isn't. Especially if you're one of the people she's in close contact. Yeah. Every day. 
When I was reading this, I was getting really irritated with Rose Thorne when she was like, I wish you would go back to talking like a real person. I'm like, he is a fucking person. And then the very next sentence was Flick. Flick was like, he is talking like a real person. Like, yes, thank you, Flick. Someone said it. Damn. Yes. Rose Thorne's <laughs> trying to take the street kid out of, out of Briar. You can take the kid out of the street, but you can't take, take the street out of the kid. kid. I want to know if Rose Thorne ever said such things to Lark. Lark would not take that too kindly. I'm actually really curious. It does show that she was in the mire for a while, but also the fact that she's so well-traveled. Yeah. I like to think that Lark used to speak in like a version of basically Spanglish, where she was talking in common yeah, and then you know, street talk, trader, and just kind of compiling them all together in this like garbled. This is why my pusa was terrifying. She spoke three different languages, and would interchange words from each language, and it would just be like, I don't know what you're saying. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> I imagine that Lark is multi-dialectical, if not also multilingual, and is proficient enough in those dialects and languages to also know which one she needs to use when. I would love to see Lark in that situation instead of Rose Thorn, because when Flick says scorching and the mud rudders and Rose Thorn is like, what is this? And Briar basically has to translate. I think that Lark would completely, would completely know. Understand. I would not be surprised if Lark actually spoke to Flick in a dialect more similar to her own. That's kind of how I always pictured Lark, especially with the fact that she is so well-traveled. She just, it's like Lark has the largest collection of profanity, not because she knows so many words, but because she knows so many words in so many different languages. Yeah. She just never used them. (laughs) Unless the, the situation is very, 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 very called for. All right, what about you guys? What did you like and dislike about this chapter? I think we already hit on this, but I disliked the water dedicates for not being ready. I did like the descriptions of these sample-taking kids and how we also hit on this earlier, how clinical and it's just ye old-timey test tubes. Very interesting to me. Kind of that mix of uh, using sterile handling methods to collect those samples and then using magic to like keep them locked in a box. Yeah. Super cool. They They also seem to uh, have germ theory. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because she said disease is a real thing. It's just really small and we can't see it. Yeah, that was actually uh, my next one. I forgot the term, but yeah, basically germ theory. Rose Thorne is aware that sicknesses are real, but you can't actually see them. You need magic and tools to uh, be able to see what they're about. So I have a laundry list and we touched a little bit on them. I really like that Briar is so pleased with himself that he gets to write the labels. I love that so much because he's just like, I have done so good that she actually wants me to do this. Yay. It's so cute. And I love it so much. I also love the return of the street cant with scorching and mud runners I really love Rose Thorne's response to it. It's just charming. The language I speak is so drab by comparison. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know she's sarcastic, but like, but she's also correct. Yes. Brittany touched on the fact that this is the first time he's ever seen Rose Thorn be so delicate and like nurturing to the point where he's like, Nico said, you don't like people. I don't know why he questioned that. Nico said, I know. She has literally told you that she doesn't like people. Yeah. It's the, you don't like people. I don't like nursing them. Okay, those are two very different statements, Rose Thorne. You said you don't like people, and now you're saying, oh, I don't like nursing them. She just likes to try to pretend that she doesn't like people. She's like, I have a reputation to uphold. If people knew that I actually (laughs) that's out the window. My reputation is gone. Yeah. The frost pine quote or planning on your part does not constitute for an emergency on mine. Related to that, I do like Lark is like, you shouldn't yell at her. And he's like, of course I should. God bless us all, Lark, but our water dedicates would try the patient of a stone. And her response was, well, yes. (laughs) She also understands. That's such a great metaphor, because isn't that exactly what water does? Yeah. It is exactly what it does. Um, Given enough time, a stream could erode a mountain. Given enough time. I do like by sunset, Briar almost missed doing the chores. (laughs) He was so bored. He's like, you know, what would be good right now? Washing dishes. (laughs) Brittany touched on the part where Rose Thorne's like, I wish you would talk like a real person. But again, return to the street camp of what's the gab? I also really just love that sentence. What's the gab? And I highlighted it mostly because of my feelings, the foreshadowing and the utter pain it causes me. But the last line of the chapter, even if it is a killer, Flick would make it. Rose Thorne could save anybody. Yeah, Flick's not going to make it. She's going to die. She's going to die. It's not even that first sentence. It's the last one. Rose Thorne can save anybody. She can't. It, it just, She's not a superhero. She cannot save everybody. She can't do it. She's a human. I don't even this, think she can save herself. The idolization that Briar has is so blinding that he puts all of his trust and all his faith in her. Well, he's and like, crushed by the end of this book because people are going to die. I've got a bad die. feeling about this. i got a bad, like, bad feeling about this. Looking at coronavirus, people have died from this. If well, People are going to die in, from this as well. In, in Briar's defense, they don't know how bad it is yet. They just know it's new and this is what it's causing. It could just be like chicken pox. Where you get flu-like symptoms and get really itchy and get spots. You don't die from it, but you are miserable for several days. I have a lot of feelings about this book, but it's mostly related to Briar's love of Rose Thorne. I wish I had a parent as cool as Rose Thorne growing up. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Step two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message from the chapter. Who wants to go first? I guess I can. The theme that I saw is sacrifice and Maybe not necessarily for this chapter, but I know it's going to be big real soon. We've already seen Rose Thorne voluntarily quarantining herself and taking care of this sick kid. Clearly, she doesn't like doing that. She specifically said she doesn't like nursing people, but she's doing it because this kid needs the help doing her best because she she knows that this kid needs it. And Frostpine is (laughs) about to spend a lot of time in front of the forge. With Daja, they're both going to be working on trying to get these uh, test kits just pushed out as quick as they can because there is a severe lack of them. So they are going to be sacrificing a lot of their time and effort just to try to <laughs> try to catch up and then get these tests out to the people that are going to need them here in, mm-hmm. in the next days and weeks. And I, I imagine it's only going to get worse from here. Strap in, kitties. It's going to get wet. <laughs> Back in chapter two, when Triss makes her comment about poor people, 
spreading disease. Lark says, you must not let distress make you cruel. I feel like chapter three is just a continuation of that statement. And the big two things that I see there are the way Frostpine mm-hmm. is treating the water temple dedicate, as well as Crane. Of course, we all think Crane's a dick anyway. But He's an asshole. <laughs> we kind of expect it from Crane. But while Frostpine has a point, you not being prepared shouldn't be my emergency. Lark saying you shouldn't yell at her is also a point. We have already, in this year been through two big emergencies at Winding Circle that happened back to back. As we saw also in chapter two, Duke Vidris is saying, you know, I was hoping for maybe just one week without bad news. So it has been a rough year. And now we are entering the biggest emergency we've had so far. Even if there are inventory issues over with the water dedicates and people have fucked up. We need to have as much patience as we can because the only way that they're going to get through this is to work together. And then, of course, the other big example of that is with Brostorn and Flick. Briar is very stunned to see her behaving so kindly and gently toward another person. But I feel like in this moment, Rosethorn's really taken that idea to heart. And it's kind of like, I know that this is a moment of distress. Therefore, I need to be extra not cruel. Mine was basically the exact same thing. Mine was kindness. And you used my examples. So. Ha ha ha. Brittany, how does it feel to be on the other shoe now? <laughs> I actually have two, one of which is patience, like the the being able to, even when you're in, you're freaking out and having your own crisis, being patient and understanding of someone else's situation, especially with Rose Thorn. But something else that I noticed as a theme is crisis also shows who you are as a person. Frostpine, we've only ever seen Frostpine be this, like, happy-go-lucky, laid-back guy. And we've finally seen something that has made him angry. It is in this time of crisis, and he's not angry because of the work he has to do. He's angry because of how ill-prepared they were and how this is going to affect other people. So I don't think it's him being angry because of, oh, I have to do all of this now in a crunch time. It's the how many people are going to be affected because we weren't prepared for this. This will tie into my magic later, so I won't go too far into it. But also with Rosethorn, as we've only ever seen her as this bristly like uh, kind of person. But in a crisis, we see that she can be compassionate and she can be patient and she can be downright mother-like, if that is bold enough to say. <laughs> Crises reveals who you are as a person and where your priorities lie. I think I describe that as Frostpine has a long fuse, but when it blows... It's it blows. over. Yeah. Yeah. In contrast, Rosethorn is 
constantly snippy. But if she has to go into emergency mode, she knows how to take care of shit. The way you describe that, I think we could say that Frostpine is scared as much as he is angry. Rosethorn's also scared, but perhaps she is better at handling that emotional state than he is. Both statements I agree with. Part three is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. Indy, you said yours tied in. Do you want to? I will breach that. There's a specific line that I pulled from actually Rose Thorn, believe it or not, because, you know, mm. who would have thunk that I would pick a Rose Thorn quote? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh-huh. You needn't adore humanity to feel bad for someone in this fix. I picked that one as well. We see it with Frostpine. I fully believe that his anger stems from who all is going to be affected because this wasn't done. I really don't like people as a whole. As a whole, people are shitty. They lie to each other. They stab each other in the back. They have fluids. So that's disgusting. (laughs) I Uh, agree. And, like, I just, I think humanity as a whole is shitty to each other. On the same foot is I also believe that humanity is ultimately good. People ultimately want to be good. There are obviously some exceptions to this rule that I feel are very unforgivable. But for the most part, even people who we don't agree with and who we find really shitty, they their version of good is just not our version of good. An example would be you have a supervillain who is trying to do whatever supervillains do, and the collateral is human lives. Hero steps in, says, you're fucking it up, you need to stop. And the supervillain's like, this company needs to go down, or these people are murdering or raping or taking advantage of people. With this, I want to remember it, regardless of how much I like people or don't like people, everybody has a bit of humanity, except for racists. Those people can go die in a ditch. But just throwing that out there, and pedophiles, they can also go die in a ditch. Brittany, you stole mine, so... Are you not going to put your own spin on it? I mean, you said basically what I wanted to say, so... (laughs) How does it feel to have it happen to you two times in a row? Uh, Right? (laughs) This is usually you. Yeah. (laughs) I guess I'll go. The personal magic that I found in this was just to be kind, even when you're uncomfortable. And obviously that doesn't apply to everything. If someone's being creepy, don't be nice for their comfort. Rose Thorn kind of, I know we already touched on this, so I'm going to keep it short, but uh, she doesn't like being near people or being nice to them. And she still was kind to Flick because she needed it. Like that's what she needed at that time. She needed to be taken care of. Between Rose Thorn and uh, Briar, I think Rose Thorn is the uh, obvious choice to, to be a uh, medical professional. For me, I mean, I, I like to think I'm a nice person in general, to toot my own horn there. I don't know. I always feel like there's more that you can do. And I I feel like I need to reach out to some people that I haven't talked to and just uh, 
I don't know. This whole year has been hard and it's just kind of like hit me. I feel like I need to be reaching out more and just trying to be nice to people. We've said this a lot, especially in the last two months, but mine was check your privilege. The thing that really stood out to me in this one was what Brittany mentioned at the beginning of this episode, how Rose Thorne treats Briar and says, oh, I wish you'd talk like a person. Then Flick is like, he is talking like a person. It also kind of reminds me how Allie Pup and and Flick don't really want to bring Rose Thorne down. She stands out in the mire because in the mire... She's not she's the one who's not talking like a real person. It's just a reminder that there are a lot, a lot, a lot of different ways that we can be privileged. And there are a lot of ways that we judge others, even when we consider ourselves non-judgmental. We like to end with an excerpt from the next chapter. So this is an excerpt from Briar's book, chapter four. The dog got to his feet and went to the front door, sniffing it as Triss crossed the big room. To her surprise, Little Bear started to growl. Now what? She demanded, flinging the door wide. A tall, lanky man in a black-bordered yellow habit stumbled over the sill. It seemed he had just been leaning on the door. Triss and Little Bear jumped out of the way as the dedicate went sprawling. The dog barked hysterically, the fur along his shoulders standing upright. Sandry looked up drowsily, shook her head, and continued the exacting work of pouring water from bucket to kettle. I hate dogs. The newcomer rolled onto his back and half sat, bracing himself on his elbows. What in Mila's name? demanded Lark, coming out of her nightgown. She looked at the man and sighed, combing her fingers through her short curls. Hello, Crane, she said wryly, just in time for breakfast. She returned to her room, closing the door. The first dedicate and chief mage of the air temple arched dark, thin brows at Triss. Will you control the animal? He asked, his voice wintry. I should hate to rise and instigate a bout of fierceness. Triss sighed and gripped Little Bear's collar. Down, she said firmly. Little Bear sat. He continued to growl deep in his throat as Dedicate Crane pulled his long arms and legs together and got to his feet. He was the kind of man who never just stood, but draped himself on air. His expressive hands always dangled from the wrists, as if they were too elegant to disappear into his pockets. Crane had a long face and a long nose, a small, pursed mouth, and weary brown eyes. Even his black hair, cut earlobe length, and brushed back, drooped. Triss rubbed her nose, eyeing the man suspiciously. Briar Shackan had belonged to Crane originally. The boy had stolen it from Crane's greenhouse. It meant the first meeting between Crane and the four had been unpleasant. Later, they had discovered that Rosethorn and Crane were rivals in plant magic. What were you doing? asked the redhead, leaning on the door. Up went the eyebrows. Crane's eyes ran over her chubby form. One does expect a modicum of manners in the young, he remarked dryly. Good for one, retorted Triss. If you wanted manners, you should have come after I had my tea. I'm brewing as fast as I can, Sandry informed her with a yawn, placing the kettle on the fire. Why don't you take Little Bear out? Triss obeyed while Sandry fetched cream and honey and placed them on the table. Crane had seated himself there without a word. 
Unaware of Sandry's gaze, he had lowered his face into his hands and was rubbing his eyes. The young noble suddenly wondered when he had slept that night, or even if he had. Tune in next week for Chapter 4. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at Shannon and Draws. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. With a great kid. Your kid brings you popcorn. You know what my kids bring me? Farts. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.